welcome to Football After I Was Just Chewing Nuggies and Swallowed. Today I'm joined by <laughs> fresh sports broadcaster and PFF employee Nate Kuyper. <laughs> that might be my favorite intro you've ever done. That was really good. <laughs> Love that one. And number one Hades player in the world, Corey Clements. Hi, I haven't played in like a week and a half. Well, the fuck? Come on, man. <laughs> It got old, dude. He got too good too quick. Yep. You're killing my narrative here and trying to yeah. turn you into the number one 80s player. Uh, he got too good too quick, man. <laughs> now now it's old news. Hades is old news. He's got we a, got some new news, though. We got some new news? Mm-hmm. New news? New news. Just like... We got some news going on. We're on, we're on the football league. Well, yeah. well, why don't you guys tell me about it? Well, there was positive tests in the L.A. Chargers and the New York Giants today. Whoa! Corey, did you get a new microphone? So that's... What? Did you get a new microphone? Nope, I'm on my phone. I haven't even got out of bed yet. <laughs> well, you know your what? Your phone sounds really good. Yeah, your, your phone microphone sounds great. Cool. So, there you go. That's a plus for you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Giants had a quarantine all but four of their offensive linemen uh, today after positive tests, and Chargers had positive tests too. Good news for the Giants is they don't play till Monday, so they have an extra day to try to straighten this stuff out. Mm-hmm. What was the... Um... What was the? Wasn't it like a similar situation to what the Raiders had to do? Where um, well, they had all five of their starting offensive linemen like out. So this is what's the difference? Like you said, all but four. So like all but four of their like rostered offensive yeah. linemen. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say what's the difference, and I was like, oh wait, yeah, that's the difference. So yeah, that's sweet work. That doesn't sound very good. Nope. No. Um, I'm not sure if these were... Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if these are just, like, initial tests and they're going to be retesting. Uh, yeah. Or if they're, you know, like, confirmed cases. But the way the rules work is if you have if anybody, like, even close to tested positively, mm-hmm. you have to quarantine because it's state of affairs. Right. Yeah. The way they do it is so they have like a, they they do both a rapid and like one of the regular tests on all players, and the, the rapid tests have false positives a lot. So what they do is the rapid test. You know, we'll come back within hours. So you run the rapid test, and then if they get positive for rapid test, you send them home, and then it takes about three days for the normal results to come back. So have them quarantined until those, until those results come back, and then once they uh. You know, if, if they find out that it's false negative, the normal test comes negative. They'll just bring them back. But that's actually happened. That's actually happened a couple times. If I remember, this happened many times already. Yeah, it's happened a couple times already. Yeah, um, especially a lot with staff too. But like, it, it's it's a good way of doing it because mm. you don't you don't take any chances because there's no rapid. Those rapid tests have no false negatives, just false positives. So you're saying there's a chance. Right. So if you get a positive of that, there is a chance that they have COVID. So just get them, get them out of there. 
Yep, just get them. Or, you know, just right. get them out. Get them out. Yep, yep, yep. So that's likely what's happening right now. We'll see when their actual tests come back and see where they land. Hopefully, uh, they get a little more O-line help because that's yeah. who. That's not good. Yeah, that's um, pro- that's probably worst case scenario for anybody is is to have that entire unit of your team be the side that's. Uh, I mean, the Raiders got a little lucky because you know all of the rest of their offensive linemen ended up testing negative, but. Yeah, to have to have that entire unit of your team be potentially, you know, just compromised essentially is probably not a probably not a good thing heading into this type of game, especially when you're going up against, you know, the this would be the, the buck. This would be the second week in the buck in the road that the Bucks would have to go up against the offensive line that's been tested positive. Oh really? Yeah, because it happened with the Raiders last week. Yeah, man, what's the what's going to be the conspiracy theory as to how this is somehow trying to they're, like, they're trying to get Tom Brady into the Super Bowl by making sure that all the opponents he's going up against uh, get sick? Yeah, the, they're sending their own Borat patient zero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Is that the is that the actual is the story? twist ending at the yeah, it's the twist ending. Oh god. <laughs> god, dude, why, you know <laughs> I I want to I want to be supportive of of the exploitative type of comedy that he does. But sometimes, man, sometimes it's just too much. Sometimes there's a line you don't cross. And I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen is pretty good at crossing it. <laughs> you know? He's just blatantly strutting across that line. Yeah, he is. He is literally, like, his job is to, like, walk that line like a fucking tightrope. So. How else was he supposed to spread the COVID? Ah, yes. It's, it is the mat. Talk on Discord. How you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you? Did you just wake up like Corey? Yes. <laughs> man, man, I feel it though, man. I had a, I had a struggle to get myself up out of bed at one, eight, 1 o'clock, so like, I feel it. <sighs> I'm working late too now. Man, all of, all of you sleeping in, I've been up since 4 a.m. Well, that's man. silly. I had to man, go to yep. work. That's I woke up at 4 a.m., had his cup of black coffee. I don't drink black coffee. Played with his jar of dirt. My bucket, yeah, my bucket of dirt that I got for my birthday, <laughs> courtesy of uh, my good friend, my good friend Kyle. That was his. That was his gift to me. Was a bucket of dirt. Hell yeah! So I still haven't done anything with it. I still have to like take it out and put, I don't know, something in it. You actually took it home with you. Yeah, I, he told me I had. He told me I had to. <laughs> Literally told me I had to. I had no choice in the matter. Is it a bucket of dirt or like a bucket of soil? Um, the difference. Soil is a a loose <laughs> loose term I would use. Plant a cactus in it. Go get a cactus. I don't want a cactus. Cactus, listen, dude. Cactuses are super cool, easy to take care of. Get a cactus. I have a cactus. I love my cactus. It's great. Go get a cactus. I don't want a Minshew cactus. Minshew has 
Gardner Minshew has multiple thumb fractures and strained ligaments in his thumb and probably not going to play this week. Apparently it's been hurt for three weeks now and he never told anybody, so he can fall back on that for why he sucks. Man, like, come on, dude. He's trying to... He's trying to Brett Favre it. Yeah, you can. Don't Brett Favre quarterback. He's trying to 90s quarterback. Like, oh, nothing hurt. Everything fine. I talk about this shit all the time. Like, you you just make your injuries worse. Like, stop doing it. You're going to end up missing more time overall. Look at Big Ben. But when you're... In his position, not in, I mean, his, yeah. like, not in his quarterback position, but is in his job security position, it could, you know, I don't blame him for not saying anything. If he it's could, tough. If he could possibly play through it, and he's shown that he can, I guess, to an extent, uh, it's probably better for him to, for him to play through it for his, you know, his job sake. Mm-hmm. Because they were like thinking about benching him a couple weeks ago, and so if he's trying to, you know, continue being a starting quarterback in the NFL, time to see what you get out of Mike Glennon. Oh, uh, <laughs> Corey! Corey audibly shuddered at the thought. <laughs> we can uh, instead of instead of putting. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars fans through that we could simply tell them you know what uh, who Clemson plays this week we could do that instead do you want to talk about who Clemson plays Jacksonville no no they don't play no they don't play Jacksonville no do we how about the little mini wholesale that the Cowboys did uh, letting go of Dontari Poe, and I think there was one other player that they let go of. Uh, Daryl Worley. Yeah, Daryl Worley. Can you really call it a, a wholesale when Dontari Poe was one of the worst-ranked uh, defensive players so far this year? Well, considering what they oh, have to pay... Weight. Yeah, I was going to say, well, considering what they have to pay him now, eh. I, I would consider that to be a... That, that, was a, that was a very tough decision that they had to make. Because now they are just eating a whole bunch of, whole bunch of money. So, yep. I, I mean the, the the Cowboys are. I mean, I know you guys. I I didn't get to listen to the entire rant about the Cowboys the last episode, but I know. I think like I think the whole thing was like Justin was just popping off about Jerry Jones. I think. Yeah. No, I was just like I was talking about how I'm tired of people not blaming Jerry Jones for the Cowboys' woes. Oh, well, I mean, you know, it's not his fault because he's he's the owner. He literally like he he sticks his like fucking shrewd wrinkled up dick into the football operations. So, like, I don't know. I don't want to fucking hear it. He loves football, dude. Yeah, he loves it so much. He loves football so much that he just you know, he needs to go to every extent to ruin his own football team. He just has to. He has to get right in there. I don't know if he's trying to ruin it. <laughs> I think that's a little... Well, no, he's not trying to ruin it, but maybe he should, uh, you know, hand the keys over to people who are smarter than him about football. I mean, he could. He could do that. He could hand, yeah, the, he could he, that. He could hand the keys over to, to Matt. I think it would be better. GM. That would, that would be a better GM. He'd he'd be a better GM, Matt, be a better coach, be a better quarterback. Matt would miss day two of the uh, 
NFL draft because he would have a Zooter run. <laughs> I'm not going to say it takes priority, but it would probably take priority. <laughs> so, uh, think- hey, at least, hey, at least he's honest. <laughs> Uh, Matt, Matt in uh, in his in his in grand finals. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. It's good. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. When your Wait, journey. J- are you in the grand finals? Yeah. Oh. oh, that's right. Yeah, you're playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're playing. Uh, you're playing. What's his face? Yeah, Maverick. Maverick. So that will take priority over you know anything that we do. So. Yeah. That's fine. Giant. Giants are interested in trading for uh, Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay. Ooh, smooth Kenny G. It'd be interesting. One of the Lions would be willing to get rid of him, though. I don't think so. I don't think so either. That's like that's like their guy. Who did you say it was? Giants want oh the Giants. Yeah, Yeah, there's no way the Lions aren't trading him. There's got to be something about that with the same shit where. They want to make saying him. that the Vikings were going to trade Thielen, and then everybody laughed at him and said no. They Get want uh, they want to turn Kenny G into the Kenny G man. <laughs> hey, God damn it! There was also that you, Corey mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but it hasn't happened yet. And then I think it resurfaced on Twitter that the Jets were thinking about trading their. Like most recent first round pick, Quinn and Williams as well. I it didn't happen, and I didn't really see any follow up on it anywhere. But I saw it again on Twitter. I don't know if it was like verified or something, or if it came from like yeah. the Jets themselves. Well, Quinn and Williams is calling out a one a reporter now, I guess, for something. They're going back and forth. Man, Quinton Williams sneezed and blessed himself, and now you're <laughs> and and now you're you're trying to trade that man. How do you trade a guy after he sneezes in an interview and then blesses himself? <laughs> How are you about to do that? He already blessed. He on one of the best football teams. He's on a top. He's on a top thirty-two football team in the NFL. <laughs> he's in a yeah. He's in a, he's in a top thirty-two team in the world. That's that's Hell yeah. that's the way we're that's the way we're looking that's, at this. That's real fucking blessed up. Are so, we, uh, do you so, think uh, do you ooh. think Mike McCarthy's a one and done? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think so. Jerry like every time he's asked about it, Jerry defends him. Jerry's gonna defend him until the season's over, and then he's gonna fire him. That's what he does. Oh my god! He literally, did the, Although, the you remember time, him literally doing the same thing to Jason Garrett until it got to like week fourteen, and then he started like like slowly dropping shit about how he was disappointed and whatever, and then he just cut him. Yeah, like the same thing's after, gonna fucking happen. To that was after he hadn't cut Jason Garrett in like nine years. He like he like let Jason Garrett suck for years before he was like, yeah. yeah. I'll let him go now. Listen, Jerry Jones is, is a PR guy before he's a football guy, and that's why the Cowboys suck. So there's, like, by the time this year's over and the Cowboys only have, like, two or three wins under their belt, um, everybody's going to be calling for Jerry to cut McCarthy, and he's just going to do it for PR. 
Uh, th- wasn't that the thing, like, our joke about the Cowboys? Like, doesn't matter that we're 8-8, eight and eight, all that matters is that we're great? Yeah. This, look, the thing about the, this this whole Cowboys fiasco is, like, we did the cow we, we did, when we were doing our projections, and we got to the Cowboys, I, if you would have asked me right after the Cowboys fired Jason Garrett, like, what's the Cowboys record going to be? I would have told you 8-8. Eight and eight. After the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, if you'd asked me, I would have said 8-8. Eight and eight. If you would have asked me after they drafted C.D. Lamb, I would have told you 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, that, this, th- that is perennial, perennially what they are unless they have massive injuries at the offensive line and Andy Dalton starting a quarterback and him getting knocked out in a game and nobody on the team giving a shit about it. So in my I, like, I, am I like the only person that's not shocked that the wheels fell off of the Cowboys? No, I'm not shocked. I mean, given what happened, like no, nah, yeah, like yeah, especially like yeah, like everything that's happened. Like, what are you, what are you supposed to do? Strange. Made it made things worse, and you know, Dak got injured and everything. Because like, they would still be in games. It was just like, you know, like it's been for Dak this year. Just like he's still in a game, but it's because he's working impossibly hard to make it happen. And now they don't have that. And now, the, now, honestly, now they're just pitiful. They, they, they might just, they might just get demolished. Like, like every, the rest of the year. yeah, like every game they play, they might honestly just get their teeth kicked in. Dude, I'm gonna be honest. If I'm Dak Prescott right now, like being injured sucks. But you like if they if this if this is the road the Cowboys keep going down, his value is just gonna keep going up and up and up. Yeah, but it oh. won't be for the Cowboys. It'll be for like some other team because the yeah. Cowboys and Trevor. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be for the New England Patriots. That would be insane. I can see it happen. The writing's on the wall. Cam Newton's yeah, but, you know, You'd have nobody to throw to. Um, you guys want to know the uh, the New England receiver depth chart at the moment? Oh, I heard about this. Go ahead. Uh, we have uh, Damier uh, Bird, uh, Gunnar Orzwalski, J- and Jacoby Myers are your three starting receivers uh, for New England. Dan Orzwalski doesn't play in the NFL anymore. He's an analyst. Gunnar Orzwalski. Yeah, that, that was the joke. Oh, Sorry. damn it. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, and then uh, there's also three practice squad guys who, uh, you know, have to be in the starting lineup now because uh, Julian Edelman had just got knee surgery and Nikhil Hurry Harry hurt his head and uh, just will be injured forever, apparently. And he's also not good. Right. I, I work with two Patriot fans, and every single Monday when I see them, they both just they both just like shake their head, just go fucking do Nikhil Harry, man. Like like that's the first thing that comes out of their mouth every week. Is what just, were the other wide receivers taken in that draft or around him? That um, did... what AJ Brown, oh, uh, DK Metcalf, oh, um, who who are some other second year receivers? Um, Those were both after him. Well, yeah, they were both after him, meaning that they could have taken them over him. Yeah. Uh, isn't, isn't Scary Terry on his sophomore year? Scary Terry, uh, Deontay Johnson. Um, who else we got? Um, 
Oh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of the other Preston Williams from Miami who played really well last year. So yeah, there's a couple. Most most notably AJ Brown and DK Metcalf that went after Nikhil Harry. Debo Meaning, Samuel. D- yep, Debo Samuel. Oh man. Nicole Hardman. Like Harris we Campbell. We knew Andy Isabella. We I don't want to talk about Andy Isabella. <laughs> <laughs> we we talk a lot about how Belichick has a blind spot for offensive talent. This might be with the tr- with the career trajectories that DK Metcalf and AJ Brown are on, and then like all of the other names we mentioned. Nikhil Harry may go down as one of the biggest positional whiffs in a draft. Like, when you look at him and then you look at all of the other players at that position taken after him, that might be, like, one of the most renowned busts in at that position in probably the last, I don't know how long. Because he, he is just not good. <laughs> he is just really not that good. Well, okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some defense in his name here for a second Not respect, he hasn't been he defense. hasn't been healthy and he hasn't had anybody like to really throw him the ball with cam being the way he is this year this is like his first healthy year we all know like some wide receivers get off to a slow start their rookie year i'm sure it was hard for him to like break into games with tom brady like Wanting everything to be perfect. So, um, I'll give him like this year and next year to like develop chemistry with a decent quarterback that can actually throw the ball. I'm not saying that Cam's not a decent quarterback, but he's not, we all know he's not the best passer. Yeah, he's okay. Here, I got it. So, Nikhil Harry, um, uh, average separation um, when he's thrown the ball. He's actually higher than like, a couple like pretty decent players. Like he's higher than, well, he's tied. I shouldn't say he's higher than. Um, he's tied with like Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, um, Emmanuel Sanders, Calvin Ridley. Well, the problem with those guys is, is that they're not known for their separation, like their speed, they're known for like how good their route running is. And, you know, we, I don't know if, I don't know how developed of a route runner he actually is, but there's quite a long list of people that are higher than him in that. But you do have a point. Like he, he's a receiver that struggles to get open. He's not very fast. And he has a quarterback that right now is playing like, can we acknowledge that Cam Newton has really only played one good half this year? Yeah. And it was against probably the worst defense in the NFL in Seattle. So he went up against the worst possible defense, put together an unbelievable half. And other than that, he has been... Like, I I don't want to say bad because he hasn't been the last two games. He's been really bad. But like the other the other games they won, 
Like the game against Vegas, he was okay. And against Buffalo, he was okay. He wasn't awful. And I remember I, I saw a tweet that was like uh Whenever he got signed, it was like the the timestamp of whenever Cam got signed by the Patriots, and the guy that tweeted was like, "I can't believe that Cam Newton went this long without being signed." And then he timestamped the date of the tweet he was sending, and he was like, "Oh wait, no, now I get it." <laughs> like, like wait, I get it, I get it now. So I just, I just feel part of me feels bad for Cam. Is that weird? Like, I feel bad for Cam. Because no, uh, he's he's playing, he's basically playing for his career. Like, if he doesn't work in New England, I don't know where else he's going to be able to go. I just don't know. Like, everyone's watching him. Everyone's watching him, you know, dirt these passes five yards in front of his receivers. And he's not nearly as dynamic of a runner as he was before. Like, they're just not, you don't see those, like, crazy like splash run plays that he used to have. So what what does he provide now? So I don't know. I feel bad. I don't know. Change fast. All he needs is a couple good weeks and no one cares about what happened in September, early October. So there's time for him to change and fix it, but you know. They gotta beat the Bills though. Yes. Cause if they if they go if they drop to two and five and effectively four and a, three and a half to four games behind Buffalo because they will have the tiebreaker. That can potent that, like that starts getting because there was talk about them when we were talking about potential trades. There was talk of them potentially trading Stephon Gilmore. Mm. Yeah, Belichick One came thing. out today and said he hasn't heard any about any Gilmore trade rumors. So. Once again, the big winner in all of this is Tom Brady because he looks so it, he looks so much better just in comparison to how the Patriots are doing this year, even LeBron with personnel treatment. issues and everything. Like personnel issues and all that stuff aside, with the Patriots, like Tom Brady just it, it's why like in addition he looks so good. Like Brady's playing out of his mind. He's got his best deep ball accuracy almost in his entire career, except for the year he had Randy Moss. Like, man's on fucking fire, and to do it when the Patriots are on a downtrend, it only makes him look even better. For like, even for his own legacy, like he he was able to separate from the coach, and it's working. That's the yeah. frust- that's the that's the frustrating thing, though, isn't it? Everybody everybody wanted it to to go the other way, which was to have him struggle. And to have the Patriots continue to succeed. And like we talked about this, part of this is just that's why like, after that's why after week one when they lost to the Saints, everyone was calling Brady washed right away. I don't I don't know it's why true. I don't know why people freaked out about that. Like were, do, were people not aware of like what what did what did what I, I he was quoted in saying something one day. He's like he's like, I've been married to the same offense for twenty years. And now I'm dating another one. Mm. Like, people have to understand that, like, the difference between, like, 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 the difference between, that would be, like, like how long has Sean Payton and Drew Brees been together? Since, like, 2005. Right. So, if, that's 15 years. If Brees were to just go to another team 
with an entirely new offense that was like the complete antithesis of the offense that he had been running for 20 years and then was then given a COVID offseason, Drew Brees would not have looked good <laughs> for the first three weeks of the year. I don't understand why people freak. Like, it's just because people hate Brady and people want to see him fail. But, like, I don't understand why people were so shocked by the fact that, oh, wow, Tampa didn't look good right away. Like, of course they didn't look good right away. But now, like, like, like you said. Now they look like the best team in the NFC. Yeah, now he's playing out of his mind. They just stomped the Packers and the Raiders. They're going to go on Monday Night Football and beat the Giants by a 1,000. Like, listen, okay, point differentials. In the AFC, the two best teams are the Chiefs and the Ravens at plus 75, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Buccaneers are the best team in the NFC at plus 80. Like, they're the best team. They're the best point differential team in the NFL. And they their defense is top nine in every single in every single statistical category that you can rank a defense on. What's another crazy thing about that point differential thing is you mentioned the Chiefs. And the Chiefs just came off that win. What did they beat Denver by? Uh, like 30. Right. So 30 of those points in the point differential for Kansas City came in one week. Hmm. So that's how, that's how like, even though they've lost two games the Buccaneers have, that's how good they've been in their wins. So, I don't know. I don't understand why people didn't think. Did, did you guys see the quote from Gronk? About, like, something about maple syrup and butter with no. with the with the way Tom Brady. Let me pull it up. It was such a it was such a like a Gronk quote. Um, <laughs> it really was. It was just like this weird because they asked him about catching. Um, they asked him about catching fade fade uh, fades in the corner of the end zone from uh, from Tom Brady. And he he said something so weird. That's our bread, butter, and maple syrup. Yeah, that's what it. Okay, here it is. Tom Brady, uh, Rob Gronkowski on the vintage back shoulder fade connection with Tom Brady. Like my mom always says, it must be maple syrup because butter doesn't drizzle that. Like butter don't drizzle like that. <laughs> Amazing, honestly. Beautiful. So I don't know what that means, but that's what Gronk said. So. Uh. So I wanted to, I wanted to just just pull something up, bro. I wanted, I wanted, to, I wanted to gloat about one one particular Green Bay Packer for a second, if you guys would entertain me. Will Fuller. I mean, like, yeah. So I, I was going to get to that afterwards, but I, <laughs> we can get to that first. Wait, uh, Will what? Fuller is a potential trade target, and uh, it'd be funny to go out, go to the team that uh, just humiliated him last week. Um, by the team, I mean the single player, Jair Alexander, who was on him for every all twenty eight of his routes. Um, held him to one target with no catches because he is the best corner in the NFL at the moment. Uh, if you want to want to hear about the last three contests, people he's lined up against. Um, yeah, so Will Fuller, 28 routes, one target, no catches. Um, then he you know, lined up against Mike Evans, who had 19 routes, one target, no catches. And then Calvin Ridley, 23 routes, five targets, no catches. He is, he is deleting number one receivers from offenses. He's deleting them. It's crazy. Yeah, he's got a full. Um, he's got full. T- uh, actually, you know, let me look at his. Can I look at his? Uh, I want to look at his game by game 
grades here. I'm going to find that. Um, but yeah, he, Jairi Alexander right now is, and, and like you said, it's kind of funny that, that Will Fuller became a, a trade target, like, <laughs> after the, uh, after the beatdown that they were given by the Packers. They told Jairi, like, look, we want to, we want to get Aaron some first round wide receiver talent. We want Will Fuller, so you need to go down there and bring his price down. <laughs> yeah, right. go ahead and light up a Will Fuller. Just, just you know, get get can you get like about about at least five hundred k off of that for us. Have well, that terrible game. He those all are first round receivers. Like Mike yeah. Evans was a first round. Calvin Ridley was a first round. Will Fuller was a first round. Like they're just trying to bring down the price on these receivers <laughs> so they can bring them up to Green Bay. So here's here is the amount of yards that Jairi Alexander has given up in coverage week to week, okay? Uh-huh. Week one against Minnesota, he gave up 66. Week two against Detroit, 19. Week three against New Orleans, negative two. Ooh. Atlanta, 12. Tampa Bay, 27. And Houston, zero. He is, as a total, he has given up 122 yards of, of receiving when he has been the the, the, the closest defender. Um, the, long, the longest pass was 25 yards. He's given up one touchdown. He's got one interception. He's got three pass breakups. Um, he is, Number safety. And he is allowing a passer rating of 68. Oh, oh! So you, we might be looking at a uh, back. I mean, again, it's early. It's really early, and you know, obviously, Aaron Donald is all, always in that conversation, and Miles Garrett as well. But we could potentially be in a conversation where we have two back-to-back cornerbacks winning Defensive Player of the Year. Pretty wild because usually corners don't get the respect they deserve. It's all about the Aaron Donalds, Fred Warners, and Miles Garrett's of the world. Because sacks are flashy. Like, think about like if it's a truly like an amazing corner like Jair, like you Man, tend to not I, see them because like if the coverage is that good, they just like good quarterbacks just won't even throw to them. Like you see I, the, these these low targets. I suppose that's true. And I guess it depends on, like, the the situation. Because Jerry Alexander, shadow corner, he shuts down half the field or the number one receiver from the other team. Uh, Otherwise, the Green Bay defense is – what are they, like, pretty decent on their own? They're okay. Oh, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you right yeah, now. It's, well, it's a similar thing with, like, you know, your other best defensive players. Aaron Donald – the the Rams defense in general, if they didn't have Aaron Donald, drastically different. They're still good, but then you look at someone like Miles Garrett on the Browns. He's the best player on that defense, if not that entire team. Where like because he's such a force up front, and the Browns are good at stopping the run, they basically dare teams to pass against them, and then they do. And teams that pass against the Browns are really good. You know, like they give up. They're like twenty eighth in fantasy points given up to quarterbacks and whatnot. So it's just one of those things where like, if you have a cornerback, that's really, really good it, or not even corner. If you have one player that like 
elevate your defense that much, I think that plays into whether you deserve the award or not. Were we? Do you remember when we were talking about like building a team? Like if we were going to build a team and what, how we would structure it? I think I was the one that said like for my defense, I just want one elite player. Because when you have one elite player on a defense, like like take for example Carolina's defense when Luke Keekley was there, right? Like, didn't it always feel like the Carolina defense just had like a rotating door of pieces and stuff like that, but they were always like a top ten defense? Is right. it's that's Luke Keekley. Like that's the effect of Luke Keekley, like being able to make plays when other guys can't and getting guys in the right position and and that type of thing. I agree. Like, just having a guy... By the way, the Green Bay defense, PFF ranks uh, their defense as the 10th best in the NFL. Damn. Um, okay, that's really good. So They just can't tackle. It's their only problem. Huh? <clears throat> they just can't tackle. That's their only problem. Oh, yeah. Your tackling grade is atrocious. Your tackling grade is 28th. Right. So yeah. They just can't tackle. Yeah, your tackling grade is atrocious. Um, the worst tackling team in the NFL, funny enough, is the Philadelphia Eagles, if you wanted to know that. Um, so, yeah, I, I can I definitely see that because you look at some of these defenses that are ranked really high, and it's it's those defenses. Like, it's Chicago with, you know, Khalil Mack making a big deal on that defense. The Rams are up there, you know, Aaron Donald. Did you guys see the one play they did with Aaron Donald the other day uh, in their game? Where they had four, they had four people on their defensive line against five offensive linemen, and they had Aaron Donald at the end. So they shift him over to the left, and three offensive linemen had to move with them, which gave them a two-on-three on the other side. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> like, was that on Monday night against the Bears? Yeah. Oh yeah, my god. They were like backed up in their own end zone, like, and oh, they just. Wow. Oh wow! No, I, d- I did not like, know that. That's all it takes when you have like that, you know, that such a big star player on defense. Like, it takes up so much of your attention because they can just disrupt so much. I think it's. I don't know, man. Like, I agree that that it's easy to give the defensive line players, you know, the, the defensive player of the year, because like how Justin said, like sacks are flashy. Like you could see a sack, like good corners. Like you said, you don't see them pop up because they like quarterbacks just don't throw at them. Yeah. Like if the coverage is that good, the quarterback just won't throw at them. At least a good quarterback won't. Green Bay's played a lot of good quarterbacks this year. So like Aaron, Aaron Rodgers used to just not throw at Richard Sherman. Yeah, like he just, just refused to throw it. I think he still does, from what I remember. He like doesn't throw it, Richard Sherman. Yeah, like I think even like the last like, like when they played twice last year, I'm pretty sure like both times he just didn't throw anywhere near Richard Sherman's side of the field. Uh, he, he mostly didn't. The, although the big play he did throw against Sherman was when Adams got the step on him, and yeah. I only bring that up because uh, Sammy Watkins saw that in tape, and that's how he burned uh, Sherman in the Super Bowl. But that was, like, yeah, one of the dude. only times. Well, I'll see them, them Grumby Boys helping other players out, you know, helping the Chiefs get that soupy ball. Grumby Boys? The Grumby Boys, the Grumby Packies. Do we want to discuss tomorrow night's game? Or tonight's game? Yeah, Sorry, I was, not, gonna... I, was think, I, was, I was thinking it's Wednesday. 
I was going to bring up the Seahawks trading for Carlos Dunlap. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, they sent offensive lineman Finney and a seventh-round pick for Carlos Dunlap. Uh, Carlos Dunlap has been trying to get out of Cincinnati for years now, apparently. Uh, <laughs> AJ Hawk was on Pat McAfee's show saying that Carlos Dunlap was trying to sell him his house when AJ Hawk was on Cincinnati in like 2015. Oh my god. He wait, he was he wait, Carlos Dunlap was trying to get AJ Hawk to buy his house. Yeah. <laughs> like 5 years ago? Yeah. Oh god, dude. Trying out since he for a while. Wait, there's no, but there's no way that he's been under contract from 2015 to now. Like, there's no way he could. He, there's no way he he had to have been able to opt out at some point. I don't know. That's wild, dude. Damn. Well, I mean, he's free now. He's he's already, despite him being old as dirt, he's already the best pass rusher that Seattle has. So, congrats. He's already the best player on their. Probably on their Maybe. entire defense if, if if Jamal Adams isn't out there. Maybe he'll actually do something for that defense that is god-awful. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I was if I'm, if I'm Carlos Dunlap, I'm pretty happy. Moving on from the Cincinnati Bengals to a Super Bowl contender. Yep. I, I got to say, man, that defense is so bad. Like, th- th- it would be unprecedented... <laughs> for this Seahawks team to make it far in the playoffs with a defense that bad. Like, even with Russell cooking like he is, like, that game on Sunday night was, it was evident. Like, he needs to score every time he touches the ball. Um, uh, I have to go, guys. So, uh, uh, to touch you later. Bye. 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 Yeah, no, it's, it's very apparent. Teams... Yeah. Teams have been dropping back a minimum of 45 times against the Seahawks defense just because they're able to carve. Part of it is trying to keep up with, you know, Russ cooking. Um, part of it is Seattle basically forcing teams into passing by, like, you know, pseudo stacking the box and saying, we're not going to let you run the ball, so you got to pass it on us. And then every team being like, okay, we'll just pass it on <laughs> Man, Seattle's like. Seattle's like that kid at the gym, like when you're playing basketball, that's like, yeah, man, I'm going to do you up. And you're like, okay. But he's like four feet tall. Right. So you just like, you just like shoot jumpers over him. Like you can't get around him because he's four feet tall and his, his like center of gravity is, you know, an inch off the ground. So you're like, well, I can't get around him. So I guess I'll just shoot over him and you just do it all game long. That's what the Seattle Seahawks defense is. I just want to give a shout out. I don't know how to pronounce it. Like Sahale. And it's pronounced Sahale. S-A-H-A-L-E. Sahale Snacks. Not a sponsor, but maybe they should be. I'm eating some of their maple pecans. It's really good. Sounds like amazing to me. So, speaking of amazing... We got tonight's game. You're probably listening to this after the Thursday night game. And if so, I can't wait to talk about how Atlanta blew another lead. 
Oh, it's going to be nice. Although, I, I kind of... So, the over-under in that game is like 51 or something. 51 and a half. Panthers I'm have... For, uh, I'm hoping for like a good 60 to 70. Why is that? Uh, also not a sponsor, but like Sharp Football Focus. Uh, whatever the total is in this game tonight, that's the percent off they're going to do on all of their packages. So, you know, if you get, like, 70 points in this game, everything on Sharp Football Focus is going to be 70% off. And I'm kind of like, damn, son, I could use some of that information. Sharp Football Analysis? Yeah, his his, uh, his website with all his fan- – with, like, Rich Rybar's fantasy uh, spreadsheets and all his betting information and all the stuff that he shares out. You know, whatever the total in tonight's game is, that's the percent off – the website's going to be on Friday. Damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited for it. Dude, watch this game be like 10 to 13. A defensive struggle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to feel so sad that I mean they'd probably love it. Oh, the total of the game was a uh, 18, so 18% off. Well, that does nothing for me. <laughs> and the packages on his website are really expensive. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I'm really only interested in the fantasy packages. I want to get into uh, Rich uh, Rich Ryber's, like fantasy stats and oh, stuff. That you he does. you love Rich? I really do. He's one of my favorite like fantasy analysts. Big fan of him. So, what mm. are outside of Matt trying to get a discount on a website? <laughs> um, what what's gonna okay? Let's ask the best. Here's here's my favorite question to ask when it comes to Atlanta Falcons games. How much would the Falcons need to be up by in the fourth quarter against Carolina to not lose? Uh, twenty-two. <laughs> what do you think, Corey? I'm, I'm gonna say seventeen. Um, I'll split the difference. I'll go twenty. So if the Atlanta Falcons have a 20-point lead in the fourth quarter, get ready. Because it's it's going to – I can't – can we just talk for – I know you guys probably talked about DJ it. Moore, DJ Moore will catch like a 70-yard touchdown at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and Atlanta will start sweating. Dude, they sweat the second the fourth quarter starts. <laughs> they like sweat the, the second the game starts. Like, oh, no, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? How are we gonna blow it? I was hurt. That was one of the big things. Um, when the Stephon Gilmore trade was like surfacing up, people were like, "Atlanta needs to call New England immediately. Like, offer them whatever they want for Stephon Gilmore." But at the same time, I'm like, I don't even know if it would help. No. It wouldn't. Like, Stephon Gilmore is going to be one of those cases where it's like, man, he's like the best corner in the NFL. And then he's going to leave New England and he's going to be like, well, he kind of sucks now. Damn. I'm not saying that will happen. I'm just saying that that's like the classic, like, star player leaves New England, ends up not being good. But. Literally the only player who has left New England, any player, any pl- coach that has ever left New England and been good right now is Tom Brady. Everybody I know. Else is- I know. It's only Tom Brady. 
<laughs> oh, that's that has to be so. Oh my god. Patriot fans just have to be like rolling. Like, God, every single player we let go ends up not working out. Except the one player that we never thought we'd let go. But any thoughts um, on this game? What's the what's the spread in this game, Corey? Uh, Carolina's up by one and a half. Really? Yep. Didn't Carolina, like, kind of demolish them the last time they played? think so let me pull that up real quick because i'm pretty sure that game was not close um oh there's all the there's all the group text messages that i didn't see because i was um i was on i was on the computer they won 23 to 16 uh week five so before Brady Quinn firing, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn, Brady Quinn, dude. This whole time it hasn't been Dan Quinn; it's been Brady Quinn. Oh, like the Scooby, like the Scooby Doo meme. It's been him all along. I always do that. I've been doing that constantly this year. Huh. Yeah, before the Dan Quinn firing. Right. Well. The Dan Quinn firing seemingly didn't help. So, well, at least with with, with Atlanta, you know. Well, I mean, it helped, but also, who's their interim coach? Oh, no, no, I was thinking of the Texans. I was was about to throw Romeo Cornell under the bus. (laughs) He's just everybody's interim head coach. It sure feels like it, dude. Wait, who is? Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell's been on the the Texans staff for forever. Yeah, but he's yeah, but everybody's before that, interim. Before that, he was a Chiefs interim head coach. And before that, he was a Browns coach. Ugh. I'm saying at this very second, he's everyone's interim head coach. Like if any, like if every single team would to fire their head coach right now, Romeo Cornell assumes control. Yep, just just assumes control of the NFL. He just assimilates with every team. Yep, I like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Carolina's going to win. I think Atlanta is spiraling, um, which is so crazy yeah. because, like, you look at Atlanta's offense, and they're, like, entirely healthy. Like, Todd Gurley has <laughs> made it. They are. Like, there's no injuries. Like, I don't know how – it's it's bizarre. Like, it's, it's otherworldly bizarre that this offense isn't capable of just – putting up enough like putting up points relative to like what Seattle does right to to mask how bad their defense is they can't even do that and like Atlanta has Dante Fowler on defense and they just can't do it i, I it's it's so strange to me i think there's going to be a lot of changes in Atlanta Carolina's been like competitive They've been good enough. They could have easily... I mean, they they gave the Saints a game last week in Teddy's return game to New Orleans. So I I, th- I think Carolina is going to be a, an easy cover and uh, a win. Yeah. Um, as long as Matt Ryan and Julio Jones play well, I don't care what happens. I know Matt's favoring uh, 
Carolina tonight because Christian McCaffrey will not be returning tonight. Yep, he's out one more week, so I need Carolina to play really good, and then they can go no hole. This was the Falcons were also Carolina's last win so far this season because they started out zero and two, then they went on the three game win streak ending with Falcons, and then they've lost both games since then. Is that going to be well? Okay, well maybe this is the start of another three game winning streak. Maybe. And then they're going to lose two in a row. Actually, oh, you know what? So the three-game winning streak of the Falcons, the Chiefs, and the Buccaneers. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, get ready. You're going to lose to Teddy. Fuck. It's happening. All right. Well, if there's anything else you guys want to get into... I'm I'm pretty good. I think we think we come, like, like these Wednesday episodes. I feel like mid season until we until we get closer to the well. I guess we're getting pretty damn close to the trade deadline because it's in a couple days. Um, we may have a lot more to talk about on the news episode. Um, if the trade deadline has some some spiciness to it, yeah. But other than that, I mean, there hasn't really been a lot of discussion about the trade deadline, probably because of all the COVID stuff. Teams, yeah. aren't, teams aren't willing to trade this year, maybe as opposed to other years. But yeah, I think that's going to do it uh, for us, right, guys? Yep. All right, who who gets to do, who, who wants to talk about the social stuff? Um, there, there, there's, there's, they exist. Um... <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, that that's that little quiet bit there. That's that's gonna dr- that's gonna drive Justin insane when he goes to edit it because he's not gonna know whether to leave it in or take it out. It's gonna be good times. Uh, Twitter, you know, twitter.com slash fedpod. Uh, there is a Patreon. We like money. Not gonna say we don't. It's a capitalist society, you know. I mean, eat the rich, but we're not rich, so feed us. <laughs> oh, wow. I like that. That was good. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. I don't know. We have a Facebook. I don't. Uh, we get one. We get two new likes a week, but we don't post on it. <laughs> I Every now who- and again, I open up my Facebook app, and FadPod has one new like. Like, shit, dude. Maybe we should post on this. And, and then we never post on it. And then we don't. Look at it this way, man. The people that would be following us on Facebook aren't the people we want following us at all. Damn. All right. I'm that's okay how, with that. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. But yeah. All right. Twitter.com. F-A-D-P-O-D. We will be back for our normal... Uh, what we, we do the projection, the predictions episode yeah. on Friday. Um, yeah, Friday or Saturday. We'll yeah, figure Fri- it out. Friday or Saturday, we'll figure it out. Um, we'll talk about all the games for this weekend. There's also there's a, there's some pretty important games again for the second week. We got some big divisional games with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, San Fran, and Seattle. Um, Kansas City. Will they cover the spread against the Jets? God, is, is it up to like? past 21 now isn't like 22 or 23 i I think it's getting up there it's getting pretty high oh god it is 19 and a half oh so people are actually starting to bet the jets so they had to bring it down a little bit 
Okay. That's going to be the big one. Will the Chiefs cover the spread against the Jets? Um, I think the biggest spread last year was New England playing Miami week two after Miami lost like 56 to seven against uh, Baltimore. And I'm pretty sure New England covered that game and it was like a 23 point spread. So we'll yeah, see. We'll see what the, we'll I see what it closes. It was, at. was that one of the ones that happened like the final minute of the game? Um, no, no, I think no. New England beat beat Miami pretty handedly the first time they played last year. I'm pretty sure. And then the second time they played, obviously, was the one where where Fitzpatrick stormed down the field and beat him. It was forty three to zero. Yeah, forty three to zero. So. That'll be a good one. Eh, some pretty cool games. Tennessee trying to rebound after their loss to Pittsburgh. Can Cleveland keep winning? Um, and then we get the the why, oh, God, why, please, God, please flex this game out of primetime game. Which oh, God. Is, which is, da- <laughs> which is da- <laughs> Dallas and Philadelphia. God. I'm, what? I might, boycott, I might boycott that game. What? <laughs> Dude, you can't. We got to talk about it. You guys have to talk about it. Dude, me and Justin had a blast last week talking about the Giants in Philadelphia on Sun- on Thursday Night Football. Oh, I can abstain. It was great. <laughs> but, alright guys, thank you so much for listening, and um, I I don't love you? I, okay. I, I think about it sometimes. 